The System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 96, where we're going to be talking all about Asana. And I'm super excited to share this interview with you guys because I'm going to be talking to my system sister from another mister. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fantastic. Either way, we love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsaveme.com for show notes and freebies. Now, let's get ready to hear from our guest. Hey, Megan. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, Jordan. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I am so excited to geek out with you about Asana um, because we both love Asana and could probably talk about it for eons, but we are not going <laughs> to do that. Um, but before we dive into that, I want people to know more about you. So share a couple of details about you and your business. Okay. So I am Megan Mins from MeganMins.com and I am a business strategist who helps online business owners basically be more organized and efficient while running their business. I'm all about the back end of your business. So making it easier to run the business that you run. Um, so that's kind of my main thing. I love it. And this is, yeah, why we could just talk for hours because I know it's all about the back end. Let's be real. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> But um, going into Asana, um, because, you know, I, I use Asana and I have ways that I use it. Um, however, you know, having gone through and looked through Asana HQ and, and how you really organize things has been really helpful to me. Um, and so I think that it's going to be helpful to other people to kind of hear just how you use Asana and how to best use it as a solopreneur. Um, so it's not just for teams. A lot of people have that. Um, kind of, oh, well, I don't have a team yet, so I'm not going to use a project management tool. And that's just silly. So um, sort of start to describe your business before you had Asana. Yeah. So I've been using Asana for a long time. I even implemented it in my corporate jobs before I went full-time in my business because wow. I'm just that hardcore. <laughs> I've tried like every other system too. Um, yeah. But even when I started using Asana at the very beginning years ago, mm -hmm. I have always been a planner addict, like a paper planner addict, uh, like the kind of person that buys 10 every year, which obviously you can't use 10 in a year. So that's completely just a waste of money. Um, yeah. But I found myself just uh, totally stereotypical sticky notes. I'd have things in, in a to-do list in one planner, a note in my phone, a reminder somewhere else. I did have a full-time job while starting my business. So those tasks lived in separate places. It was just all over the place. And I felt like because of that, while I was trying to grow my side hustle or my business, yeah. I felt kind of all over the place. I wasn't super strategic in where I spent my time. Yeah. I would kind of just like go by the seat of my pants and be like really reactionary or shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so that would be how I would describe my business before Asana. And even when I had signed up for Asana, but wasn't really utilizing it yet. And I think that's the thing that I find so many people struggle with. They've tried so many different systems, but they don't really stick to one. And then they also don't implement one consistently. Um, and I'm so glad you mentioned the solopreneur thing too, because since I do teach and talk about Asana a lot, 
it's one of the questions I get asked all the time is, do I need this as a solopreneur? And the short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a short answer. And, you know, and, and a lot of times with these tools, you know, people think, oh, you just, you know, well, you don't really have to buy a sauna, um, but you sign up for a sauna and it's just going to work. And it just, you know, and, and it's, it's magic. Right. For you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, why doesn't it, you know, all you need is my email, my password. Um, and it really is about how you use the tool, like any, and that goes for any software. Um, just generally speaking, you know, people collect software like rocks when they were five, like it just, oh, yeah. you know, it's crazy. And really it comes down to, okay, are you going to use this and how are you going to use this to best help you move your goals forward in your business, your projects forward, all of that stuff. So, um, you know, don't just go sign up for a sauna and think it's going to, you know, save your business. Um, we yeah. want to use it and that's why Megan is here. So, uh, what finally drove you to put a process in place or to actually use a sauna? Um, yeah. All that? I think there was a turning point for me. If anyone listening is a side hustler or has been a side hustler before, I feel like there's this, uh, the beginning stage for me at least was very much a hobby side. I wanted it to be a thing, but like it totally wasn't taking myself or it seriously. And so when I hit that transition point in my own business of being like, let's do this. Like this isn't going to just be a hobby anymore. Like I really, I'm going to make this work. That was pretty in line with when I decided to take things serious with Asana as well, because I am a pretty naturally organized person. I love to plan. And so I was just doing it in too many places. Yeah. And so I decided to just use it, use all of that, take it all away, put it all in a sauna. Mm -hmm. And, um, that really helped me see where I wanted to go and how I was going to get there all in one place and a place that it wouldn't just get thrown away. It was a place that was there. It was documented. I could also see when I was falling behind. Um, I really got a good sense of a awareness, um, for how long it takes to do things. <laughs> and totally. because before, you know, you just say, I'll do that tomorrow. And that adds up and it's like weeks later and you don't even realize it. And so instead having something in a sauna, even as a solopreneur to be like, I'll write this blog post tomorrow. And then, you know, a week later, see it still expire. You know, it was kind of just really taught me a lot about myself. And, um, but really what drove me to put it in place in the first place was just, I'm going to really do this and I need to start being more strategic with my time. And I knew I needed to have a central headquarters for my business to like be able to do that. And so Asana was my central headquarters of choice after again, trying all the other options out there. I chose Asana. Yes, exactly. And it's, and it really is just about choosing one and sticking to it. Um, yeah. and really seeing it all the way through. So just absolutely. People always ask, cause I talk a lot about different types of systems. I know you do too. And so I will have people come up to me who are like, I love Trello, mm -hmm. but should I switch to Asana? And I'm always like, if Trello was working for you, right. Why, why? <laughs> like just right. leave it. Right. I, if a system beyond just Asana or Trello, but any system, if it's working for you, don't change it. If, yeah. if there are pain points, if there are things it can't do that yeah. you need it to, that's when you reevaluate. But if you have a system that's working, um, then keep doing it. And when it stops working, then you can reevaluate. Right. Exactly. Totally, totally agree. So kind of walk us through some of your best tips, your best hacks, your best ways to utilize Asana. Um, 
to, again, make sure that you're not having just a ton of expiring tasks or just a list of tasks with no deadlines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's scary. Um, <laughs> so go ahead and just kind of walk us through your process. Okay, cool. So one of the things, just, um, just so everyone listening knows kind of where I'm at since I've talked about side hustling, I do run my business full time now. Um, I do not have any children, but I still feel like I have a really full personal life between all of my friends getting married and having babies and family events and celebrations and just all the stuff we have as humans in, in our lives outside yeah. of our business. Um, and a, I was at one point in time keeping my personal life and my business separate. My business got the class treatment, which we can go into in Asana and my personal life kind of got the like <laughs> dumpy treatment <laughs> like in my phone or around, you know, the old school stuff. And yeah. I had this realization of like, I am a whole person, not just my business and my personal life stresses me out when it's neglected. So I should, I should give it the same treatment as my business. And so one of my favorite tips and strategies to help other people do is using Asana for both your business and your personal life. And so, um, Asana is free. I use the free version. There is a premium version that has great features, but I don't think you have to have it. But one of my favorite things to do is combine both. And so there's a few different ways you can do this. You can have, um, I use the, I don't want to get too complicated, but in Asana, you can have an organization. So if you set it up with like your custom domain, you get an organization, which allows you to have a higher way to organize things. Um, and they're called mm -hmm. teams. So yeah. I have like a team in my business in Asana that's personal and I'm the only one in it, but it's where all of my personal tasks live. And so then when I'm looking in my Asana, I see my tasks. It has business and personal in the same place, which is really nice because as I look at my tasks to plan my day or my week, I'm not just ignoring half of my life. I can see my whole life in one place and plan accordingly and figure out when am I going to buy those gifts? When am I going to run those errands? When am I going to do X, Y, and Z as well as running my business. And so, I mean, one of my biggest tip is whether you do it that way or a few other options, I go into all the different options for how to do this in Asana HQ, if you're curious. Um, but whichever way you do it, I would recommend that everyone combines um, their personal and their business and mm -hmm. really realize that you are a whole person and your personal life totally deserves the attention also. Um, so that's one of my biggest, biggest tips. And then the other thing, like you mentioned, not having a ton of expiring tasks. Mm -hmm. um, this is just, you know, hard love statement, but it's a truth that like part of running a business is you got to stay on top of your things. It doesn't mean you have yeah. to do it by the deadline. If you need to push it back, girl, push it back. But it is your responsibility, not Asana's, <laughs> for you to update it, for you to keep it up to date. And so part of it is having just that ownership of your systems and your business and your tasks to go in every day and bump things. Like I go in and I bump things all the time. Like I don't always stick to my first due date. That's not how life always works. And right. if you plan accordingly, you have buffer, you have space so that that's okay. Mm -hmm. But you need to go in and instead of just letting a task be due Tuesday and let it perpetually be due last Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and take an account. When are you going to do it? So if you weren't able to do it last Tuesday, can you do it next Tuesday? Can you do it today? Can you do it tomorrow? And reassign that deadline and shuffle things around. Um, because otherwise you're just going to have a list of to-dos that you can't actually accomplish. And 
That's not a good feeling. And that's not what we want to try to create for you. And I think even looping in what I said earlier about what a learning experience this can be. You've never used a project management system before or used it consistently. You will probably find at first you overestimate how much you can do and you'll see it there in the red. It'll be a red date. <laughs> you'll feel bad about it, um, but you'll start to learn that. And so that will happen less often as you get more accustomed to your processes and how you do things and how long things take. Um, but it really is just an ownership and a responsibility for you to go in and keep this maintained. Yeah. And it's, I think I read somewhere, I don't remember where this was, but that we overestimate how much we can get done in a day and we underestimate how much we can get done in a year. Oh, I love that. Really. So interesting. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, like I want to like test this theory. Um, (laughs) set your plans for 2018 really high. (laughs) Right. Just be like, like, crazy. Awesome. Um, and so, and also give yourself grace. Um, because when you just pop into the sauna and you're like, Uh, you get, you know, frazzled by it, just, you know, breathe your way into it, especially if it is your first time using some sort of project management software. It does take like time, any, anything in your business where it's the first time you just have to like get used to it. And especially, um, with Asana, it should become a daily habit of, you know, just in the morning you check your Asana and if you need to add anything to it or move things around or whatever else, and you do that. And it, and whenever you can create an actual habit around it, then, you know, it just becomes a lot easier. Absolutely. I mean, I love using Asana for things beyond just tasks also. Mm. So I use it for my tasks, but I also use it as a place to capture the status of certain things. So Mm. if I am interviewing um, someone to join my team, I will have a project that's that position, like virtual assistant. And I'll have like the status of where my interviews are with them and how many people am I talking to? And that comes from my recruiting background. That was my full-time job. Um, and so we'll do that or even the status of client projects where things are in a workflow. I also put all of my content ideas. I don't know if anyone else Mm. out there struggles with this. Sometimes you get so many ideas from so many different places and in different forms, Mm. um, that I'll like screenshot and then forget about it. Or I'll like make a note and forget about it. And it's in too many places. So I actually have one project in Asana that's like content ideas or marketing ideas and I have the Asana app on my phone. And so even if I take a screenshot, I can in two seconds open Asana, quickly add a task and attach the photo and it'll be in that project. And that's kind of like my database of ideas. So I, mm. I went from feeling like I had no ideas, which wasn't true, but I, you know, you get those moments where you're like, right. what do I do? Um, so I felt like I had no ideas. Now I can open up that project and I have like a hundred tasks of different content ideas that are really good, valid ideas. And you just, now I have like this resource bank to go to. So yeah, you can always think outside the box. Um, It doesn't have to just be tasks um, and templates. It can be even, even more than that, which is why I call it kind of my headquarters. Totally. And uh, another um, thing that I use, I actually have this in, Evernote, I think, um, which I'm transitioning it over to Asana because I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I was going to say, right. why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it, Evernote was my Asana before Asana. Asana. Okay. Um, and so there are just some things like my grocery list and my story bank. Those are two things that just like I haven't 
been able, I don't know why I haven't been able to put them into a sauna. It just like, I don't know, maybe it's because there's just such a backlog. It just, it all fits. I don't know. But anyway, so I do like a story bank and it, you know, I kind of have it separated by, well, I have tags in Evernote, but, um, it's like, okay. Um, not, I say fails in business. So I have like a store, like different stories that happen where some fails happened. I have um, like just stories that happened throughout my life that I could relate to business later on. And this I kind is of brilliant. Yeah. Do you have, can I, do you have information about this somewhere I can listen to after this? Cause no. <laughs> I need a story bank in my business. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it came from a past client because um, I was writing content for her and she literally would just be out and about and stories would come up and literally she just would put it in the story bank. So then when I was creating, you know, webinar content for her or stuff like that, like I would just would literally go into her story bank and, you know, I would kind of have to fluff it up a little bit. Um, but she would just write a couple sentences about what happened. And then I was able to just insert it into whatever, you know, webinar email sequence or, um, course or whatever, um, that really, helped. And that's great. If you have people writing content for you, it's like, Oh, just, you know, go look in the story bank. And if I don't have a story for it, you can, you know, ask me a few questions in email. Um, but yeah. And that way, again, it's like, okay, I have to think about a story about what now? I'm like, the worst at that. Like coming up right. with stories when you're like on the spot, it's just right. like, I got nothing. I mean, I do, right. but I can't access it. Um, right. I love this. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to make you do a Facebook live stream. <laughs> All right. After you're done recording all the podcast episodes, do a live stream about the story bank so you can teach me your ways. Noted. I know. I need to put it in Totally. I'm totally going to make a product. And you could do this as a board in Asana that's like story bank and like your different categories of of stories. Um, That's so true. This is cool. I wrote it down on a notepad right here. Story bank. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? I'm like... It's all these things that you do in your business that you don't realize are, I don't know, things that other people don't do. And it, mine came from a client or whatever else when I adopted it. Um, but, but yeah, so story bank is good, especially for content ideas. So you can kind of have like a sub thing. Going I love on. that idea. Yeah. Super, super good. But anyway, thank um, you for teaching. And I'd like, <laughs> this has changed my whole day, my whole business. I know. I, that's why I love talking to systems people because like just in conversation, there's just golden nuggets and I'm like, ah, like I have yeah. to, I have to do this now. Yep. So we anything, this now. right. Anything <laughs> um, else according um, to what you do in your, in your headquarters that um, maybe, you know, all this stuff is for solopreneurs and people with teams, but maybe talk a little bit about people who do have teams and how you can manage it. Cause I think one of the biggest things is how do I get my team to use it? Um, Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Having, I think that's, yeah, usually what people are like, you know, nagging me about is just my team doesn't use it. And a lot of times it's because they're not using it, but that's a whole nother. That's story. what I was going to say. <laughs> I feel like, so there's two different kind of scenarios here in my mind. There's the scenario in which you are, um, growing a team and you're like, how do I get my new team members, someone you've hired to use Asana? And, um, you tell them in the interview process, like every time you, we interview someone for my clients teams, for my team, I say, I use Asana for project management. Is that okay with you? And they will usually say yes, but that way they know going into it, like, this is how 
we communicate. And so this is how you set that expectation in the interview stage. And that way, when they come on board, there's usually no issue because they've agreed to it already. So that's like one scenario is just telling people in the interviews what systems you use and setting the communication expectation there. Um, and then for an existing team, if you are implementing something new like Asana, then I think it's all about being, especially if you're the CEO in this instance, it's about being that leader in your team and communicating and letting them in on the why for sure. That always helps get people on board. But then logistically, it, it takes you, you totally nailed this, it takes you using it because if you continue to assign things via email or Slack and you're not using it, then your team will be confused and probably slightly frustrated because they're getting mixed messages from you. So it really takes an effort at the beginning to just move it all there and be really um, like aware of where you're assigning tasks. Because even with my clients now, or even myself with my team, I will catch myself mm -hmm. assigning a task in Slack and be like, oh yeah, can you do beep, 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 beep? And it's like, no, you, you can say that, but then it's like, I will put this in Asana for you. And so then you immediately go and do that. Or yep. if maybe there's a higher priority thing and you put it in Asana and you're worried your team won't see it, especially as they're getting used to using Asana and having it open. Yep. If you do have another communication channel, you can bring it to their attention and say, Hey, just wanted to let you know, I assigned you something kind of time sensitive in Asana. Let me know if you have any questions. So yeah, yep. it just kind of takes you as the leader to be, um, not just confident in it, but like be in charge of, of making sure your team uses it. And yeah. if they aren't using it, having that conversation and just asking, and maybe they will, maybe they didn't have a clear understanding or there's a confusion there. Um, and just having that dialogue is really important. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think it's a lot too around, um, you know, because for my team, yeah, I'm like, either Asana or Slack, if you email me or tell me about anything outside of that, if you text me, box me, email me, it's a waste of your time because I'm not going to yeah. read it. I'm not going <laughs> to respond. Um, and so it's funny because it's like, if you go and search for any of my people's email addresses, you will not see anything from them because yeah. they're not trying to waste their time. And it's important to kind of prioritize where you want them to communicate with you and, and whatever else. And I totally agree that it's just it should be part of your hiring process is to discuss, you know, what the dealio is. Yeah. Um, and you can decide, uh, you know, if you, if you're like, I don't even, you know, want to have to go in and assign people into Asana. Like my, I just say, like, if I say something in, in Slack that becomes a task, like it is me referencing it to you is then it is your responsibility to then go and put it in Asana. Um, mm. And again, that's just like, Communicate. It's just communicating that expectation. I was, you just reminded me to that Slack and Asana integrate. And so you can actually assign a task in Slack and use, oh, yeah. I forget, I, we don't do this enough, but there's like a yeah. symbol or a word that you put that will yeah. also add it as a task to Asana as well. It's pretty cool. Um, so there's different things like that. And I was, another tip for using Asana with your team is especially at the beginning is make sure your team feels like they have ownership of Asana, that they can go in and add tasks. They can yeah. assign you tasks. Yeah. They can give you <laughs> deadlines. 
um, and, and really establishing that ownership. So it feels like the collaborative tool that it is. Um, it's not just a place for them to go and get assigned. They can also assign you things too. Um, yeah. So those are good nuggets. It's, it's really good. But yeah, it's been awesome to see Asana being used in my own business when I was side hustling or in other people's business as solopreneurs, all the way up to teams of like eight and million dollar businesses. And that's both on the free and the paid plan. So yeah. it's a pretty powerful and versatile tool. Um, once you just start using it consistently, I think you really start to see the power of it. Oh, and I have one more thing that I want to share that people oh. don't really realize. Yes. So if you've ever... If you've ever used Asana before, then there's a section or a page called My Tasks where it automatically pulls your tasks across all of your projects. Sounds simple enough. I actually have heard a lot of people say they don't like this section or they don't use this section mm -hmm. because they don't like the way it's organized. Yeah. You can actually create your own sections in your My Tasks page. Oh, yeah. So you can add a task and make it a section in your My Tasks page to organize it the way you want it and you can save that as the view and once mm -hmm. I started showing people how to do this it they were blown away and the my task page is more powerful than you realize because there's certain statuses so there's um, mm -hmm. today upcoming and later and I just thought oh I know if it's due today it comes to today right. I know upcoming and later were slightly more confusing to me yeah um, but what's cool is that upcoming like if you let asana do its own thing like let's say right. you assign everything and it's like a month out right once it is seven days out asana will bump it to your upcoming section automatically and then right. once it is one day like the day of it bumps it right. to today but i you know a lot of people don't realize it does that one week automatic bump to the upcoming section. And so if you actually want to utilize this and look ahead and not just right. be in the today zone, you kind of want to see what's coming up for you. If you actually kind of periodically check in on that upcoming section, yeah. you'll automatically see anything due in the next week. And so you, you wow. can just like pop it open, see what's going on, start working on some of it if you want to get ahead. Um, but it's yeah. really cool that it automatically does that one week before the due date. Yeah, I didn't recognize that it was a seven, the upcoming was seven days. Yeah. It's like this, like, I know, this obscure upcoming. later. <laughs> I know. That's how I always thought about it, too. And then once I realized it, I was like, wow, this is actually really cool that, you know, right. once a day or every other day or once a week, if I just check and see what's coming up in the next week, I'll get like a full glimpse of what to do in the next seven days automatically. So. I think that's really neat. But, yeah, that is a super, super, super good tip. Uh, so I'm going to go into the last few questions. Yeah. Um, so what was your best financial investment in business? I mean, there have been so many good investments, but a more timely answer that I have to this that I wish I had invested in earlier mm -hmm. was hiring a coach. Um, I, when I first started my business, when I was side hustling, I joined like a smaller mastermind group. Yeah. And it was wonderful. But when that ended, I never hired another coach or joined a mastermind for like two or three years until this year when I hired um, my first coach a few months ago, six months ago. And it like has been a game changer for me to have someone on your side to come in with their own experience and perspective and expertise. Um, but who can collaborate with you, who can strategize with you, who can give you feedback and, 
as a CEO, whether you have a team or you're a solopreneur, sometimes doing this thing called business can be overwhelming or tiring or discouraging or yeah. even just feeling really alone. And it's so nice to have someone to work with you and help you achieve your crazy goal that you tell them what you want and they're like cheering you on and helping you get there um, and yeah. making it feel possible. So I wish I had been hiring coaches and mentors uh, much sooner because I do feel like it has been a game changer for my confidence in my business and my determination um, and having that accountability too. So that I would say has been my best financial investment. Yeah. And I always have found that, you know, right after you make, cause a lot of times mastermind and coaching are very expensive. Yes. Um, it was a scary investment. Right. And a lot of times like when you just make that first investment, you almost automatically up level. That's like how it's worked for me. And it's like, I haven't even done anything yet, but just it all of a sudden just raises your entire, um, I don't know, just under raises everything. I totally yeah. agree. It's like all of a sudden, um, you're playing at a different level right. and it feels right. awesome. But yeah, I, I totally agree. That's been my experience too. Yeah. Totally. So then what was your worst financial investment in business? Um, well, back, back in the day, I <laughs> wanted to open an Etsy shop. And so I spent oh, wow. a stupid amount of money on shipping supplies Ooh, girl. for yeah. a stationary shop that existed for about a week. So I had to <laughs> eventually just give all of that away. <laughs> away. So I mean, the actual on paper worst financial investment was definitely, definitely the shipping supplies for the failed Etsy shop. Um, but in another more relevant answer would be um, not a specific course, but yeah. falling into the trap of buying course after course after course and not completing yeah. them and not ever even remembering I bought them. I definitely went through that phase when I first started my business and I had a full-time job. And even now, sometimes when I'm trying to learn something new or stretch in a new area, I don't fall, I find myself wanting to slip back into that. And I still do buy programs and I definitely believe in programs and courses as being really useful tools. But I think the trick is not just buying every course that's has urgency right. because it has urgency. If you're not really going to do it and you're not ready for it, then like you can probably wait and it'll be okay. Right. And also I felt like, I feel like what I'm working on now at my stage of my business is also trusting that I have the information I need. Not that I don't take, or I still love courses. I still buy courses, totally. but there are certain instances where I see myself wanting to buy this Instagram course. And the reality is, is like, I'm probably, I know I have taken Instagram courses. I, <laughs> I feel like I probably know what there is to know. And it's right. really just the execution right. and that I'm procrastinating by learning, which is my yes. preferred method for procrastination <laughs> is research and learning, um, which totally. is fun, but not helpful. So, yeah. so for me, I would, you know, it hasn't been worse, but I've gone through seasons where I would buy 10 courses and like, what happened to them? Nothing. Right. They're I there, know. but I never finished them. You know, so so I wish I had been um, more strategic and more thoughtful and more intentional about actually buying less but completing more. Right. So, yeah. Those totally. would be my my answers. I know. I, I know. I was about to say. I was like, I didn't know you had an Etsy shop. Well, that's. Oh yeah. Um, I got. <laughs> I shared this in a live stream. I shared my story recently. 
and this was part of it. I don't yeah. talk about it publicly until now. Um, yeah. is I launched, I love paper planners, remember from the yeah. beginning. And yeah. so I wanted to have like a paper shop, like a stationary notepads, everything yeah. with the goal of having a physical planner one day. And, um, someone sent me a cease and desist letter week one of my Etsy shop that my notepad was too similar to theirs. And I'm like, okay, it's a weekly planner. We've got Monday through Friday, Saturday, right. like week, whatever. And now if this was current Megan, I would have handled the situation and been right. fine. But that Megan was like dead scared, yeah. freaked out, thought I was going to get put in jail or something. Right. Like I'd never gotten a cease and desist, never like that was beyond right. me and um, closed down shop. And I was like, like devastated. Wow. Hence the shipping supplies never getting used. Right. Exactly. But so. yeah, I would have handled that scenario differently now, but yeah, it was, um, it was a tough way to end. It was like November. It was like two or three years ago. Yeah. I was like, oh my I gosh. Love, I know. I love the entrepreneurial journey. I know. Yeah. I've got, I've had some interesting people think that we were doing similar things and I was like, no, we're not. And no one's going to mix us up for multiple reasons. Um, and yeah, so that stuff yeah. is very, common. we can talk about that more later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, those, but yeah. that was, yeah. A, yeah, the shipping supplies, man, I think I like ended up throwing some of them away at some point. Cause uh-huh. I, I hoarded them for like years and I move a lot. And so right. I think the, a move or two ago, I was just like, I have no need for two boxes of USPS specific, but I was like, I can't let's give this away to someone. Right. Exactly. I hear yeah. you. So where can people find you online? Website, social media, all that good places. Yeah. So they can go to meganmins.com to see the home base for everything. And then on Instagram and Twitter, it's Megan underscore mins. And then on Facebook, it's just Megan mins. Nice. God, I hate that underscore. Well, Megan Mins is taken on Instagram, and I have like, I have like requests. I've done like a password reset on it. <laughs> Been like, was this mine? Did I do this a few years ago and not know it? And uh, yeah, no, apparently not. So Wait, nobody's using it. Yeah, they're posting nothing. I'm like, I am not happy about this. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Megan with an underscore, Megan underscore Mins, and that's M E G A N M I N N S. So that's where you can find me. Yay, easy enough. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the goodness with my peeps. Of course, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited, it was so much fun. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.